Hello, and welcome to The Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture in order from the very first award ceremony to someday the present year. I'm Susan Raslin. I'm David Daw. And this week begins our journey through the 1935 nominees with a movie beloved by Adolf Hitler, which <laughs> should tell you a lot about how fucking terrible this movie is. The Lives of a Bengal Lancer. I was, I'm, I'm so surprised Hitler's a fan of 1993's The Fugitive starring Harrison Ford. That's a really, that's a shock to me, Susan. I don't. Wait, I, wait, what? <laughs> What's yeah. happening? Well, yeah, well, you see, um, the thing is, just to kind of skip ahead a little bit, not only should no one watch this movie, we shouldn't have watched this movie. No <laughs> one should have ever watched this movie and all copies of it should be burned. And instead, I would like to talk about Dr. Richard Kimball, a man falsely accused of his wife's murder and tried and convicted to death. On a routine prison transfer, he is able to escape and becomes the fugitive. In what I think is a movie, unlike whatever the fuck piece of shit wasted three hours of my life, despite being less than two hours long. I, I, I haven't seen The Fugitive, and I'm really upset because I would really prefer... Actually, I haven't seen The Fugitive, and I would prefer to talk about it. Frankly. That's the great thing is it's still a better thing to talk about. Because here's the other thing. Ordinarily, right now, right, we would be recapping the plot of this film. But I think actually that would be doing a disservice to our listeners. Because if I say, imagine a jingoistic piece of crap glorifying the British occupation of India, you've made a more entertaining story in your mind than this movie does. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. And like, I think discussing a movie you haven't seen, we could also talk about something else. Like, have you you caught up on like Legends of Tomorrow or anything? We could do anything with our time for this episode. And it would be a better use of our listeners valuable time than talking about this movie. I don't think there's anything worthwhile. Honestly, I'm shocked we found a worthwhile thing to say in saying that Hitler liked it. That's the most, that's, honestly, that's all you need. Yeah, it does kind of, it does kind of sum it up. It it really does. It's really bad. To, to all of our listeners, do not watch this movie. And, you know, I'm usually not one for saying that we should erase the mistakes of history. Uh, and certainly, like, we shouldn't forget the mistakes of history lest we repeat them. But this is a movie... So we can just erase it from the record of human civilization forever, and it would be fine. I mean, we've already come across, like, three or four movies that got nominated for an Oscar and exist only in a vault at a, like, university library it's hard to get into. Maybe we should do that. Like, this movie is like smallpox. (laughs) One copy should be kept in a sealed vault. Just in case science needs it for something. Right, But otherwise, it should be completely eradicated from the face of the earth. Yeah, like in case someone had a moment where they went to a producer or something and said, you know, I've really been thinking about making a movie that glorifies British colonialism and is wildly offensive to 
not only the entire subcontinent of India, but all Muslim people throughout the world as well, that someone from that vault could say, uh 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 the lives of a Bengal Lancer already exists, and there's no need to make another. You know, that would be fine. Like, I have things to say about it, but the thing is, everything I would say is just, I hate this movie. It's just different ways of saying, like, this movie is such a piece of shit that Gary Cooper's in it, and not only is Gary Cooper not charming, he's so uncharming, he's almost unrecognizable as Gary Cooper. It took me a good hour of this movie before I figured out who Gary Cooper was, because he's just so completely stripped of everything personality-wise that makes him captivating to watch. He has no star quality in this movie at all. And, like, the 30 seconds or whatever that he's in Wings made you go, that guy's a star. (laughs) Yeah, it's nuts. But, like, again, just honestly, like, take a look at the poster. Imagine, like, God, imagine, like, a Kipling story with none of the charm or wit. And you're pretty much completely there. (laughs) In fact, you're probably doing better. What I find amazing is that production for this movie started in 1931, but there was a film stock crisis where most of the location shots that they took were destroyed from the heat. And how no one saw that as God intervening and saying, this is a piece of shit, don't put this out into the world, is amazing. Instead, they decided that you should make the rock quarry from every episode of Star Trek be India now. That's what they decided to do instead. Yeah, it's real bad. It's real fucking bad, this movie. Again, it's just gonna be... 30 minutes of us talking about how it's terrible. Have you watched Legends of Tomorrow? What are you up to date on? What TV can we talk about? Well, let's see. Uh, well, I'm not up to date on Adventure Time, but I did start watching it again. I, I'm not up to date either. I've got a, like, Nikki's out of town this weekend, and so I'm kind of delaying watching the big finale. I'm only about halfway through season seven. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I'm even there. I kind of think I can just skip ahead, though. Like, Adventure Time continuity is weirdly, like, incredibly loose, but intricate at the same time. How are you on Steven Universe? Are you up to date on Steven Universe? Have you been watching Steven? You know, I tried watching Steven Universe because I really support everything that that show is doing, but Steven does not have an inside voice, and I just cannot tolerate how he shouts all the time. You gotta give it, like, five episodes is the I thing. I gave it 12. Really? And I couldn't take it. I kind of want to look at the episode list and be like, because I feel like he, Stephen evolved so much over the course of that show. And I would have said that like by episode 12, you were sort of at the Stephen that does have an inside voice. <laughs> I mean, he's still like excitable, but like, give me that episode list. Um, Oh, have you listened to the new Mitski album? It's incredibly good. Yeah, it's really, really good. Definitely, everybody should listen to the new Mitski album. It's great. Yeah, it feels kind of like that, like like the last St. Vincent album, where it's like finally really crossing over the two things they're good at at the same time. Right. Episode 12 is... Okay, well, then you just got to Fusion. Like, if you got to, ep- if you got to Giant Woman, you've just gotten... To- That's like nothing. That's none of the show. I'm I'm just saying I can't I can't deal with Steven's voice. He see he calms down. He's like he's a he's a child at the start of the series. He's supposed to 
being he's an excitable child which i totally understand but it's just you know it's not relaxing for me to watch i guess would be the thing to say yeah that's fair Uh, what have i what have i been watching i don't even remember yeah i what tv is on we've been watching a lot of american ninja warrior we like weirdly got into that this year is there continuity in that show i mean yeah like it's a competition every year like there's like a like a qualification round and then like city finals in a bunch of cities and then like the big season finale thing in vegas they apparently do every year oh i thought it was just like every show where new competitors or every episode no it's like every well sort of in that like it's it's like there are seasons of it like a sport and they like really frame it like it's a sport and then there are like famous ninja warriors that have been around for a while it's just really nice it's a nice show like everybody is really supportive of each other in this way where like it's kind of them against the course even though it is technically competitive, like you're trying to get farther than anybody else, you don't lose anything by being nice to other competitors. And so th- there's just no, like, nobody ever pushes somebody else off of something or, like, yells about how they suck. And it's just very pleasant to watch people do incredibly difficult things and, like, have other people be supportive of it. That's kind of how I feel about, well, in that it is incredibly nice. hmm that's how I feel about Mozart in the Jungle. It's just a very nice show. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Have you seen it at all? See, that's one I couldn't really get through. Huh. Like I did I did like two episodes and it was really nice, but it also just like didn't grab me in any way. I mean, it's great, but I can see that. I mean a big reason why it was something that we really enjoyed watching was uh like all the backstage stuff Sean got excited about. Because, you know, he's a stagehand. And they have, like, a union subplot. So, you know, that's cool. Agretsuko on Netflix is really good. Oh, yeah, it was extremely good. Bojack Horseman's coming back next week, and I'm excited about that. One of the best shows ever made. Yep. So good. Uh, American Vandal coming back the exact same day, which is frankly kind of mean on Netflix's part. Yeah, do they expect me to become one with my couch? Like, what is the... Glow is really good. Yeah. Did you watch it? I have not, but I he, Nikki has watched it and really likes it. I just... I'm shocked because you love Alison Brie. I, well, sort of. Oh, I didn't realize that there was some contention in your... I, well, see, I don't... I don't... Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to go into it. We had this real falling out. No. Um, no, it's not even that. It's just like, it didn't... It didn't... It's not even... <sighs> It's so hard to, like, get up the gumption to watch a whole new show, you know? And so, like, I, like, watched it, and I was like, oh, this seems fun. And also, like, I I guess I'll come back around to it later. And then I just never did. Oh, you know what's the best new show, which will probably surprise you if you haven't watched it? Okay. Pose. I have not watched it. I'm not even sure I totally know what it is. It's a series about the like drag ball scene in New York in like the mid 80s. Basically, like if you've seen Paris is Burning, it's like a fictionalized series about that scene. And of all people, Ryan Murphy is one of the showrunners and yet it's great. But also Janet Mock is one of the producers and it's not only does it have more trans actors in it than any show that has ever happened ever, it also has 
more trans employees generally. So like the tech people and just like everybody who is working on the show, not just the people that you see on screen. So it's good to support it for that reason. But also it's really good. The opening scene of the first episode is classic Ryan Murphy, like, what the fuck is happening? This is the most unrealistic thing I've ever seen in my life. And then after that, it's just like a really well-developed, really thoughtful, incredibly well-researched fictionalization of that scene. And like the beginning of the AIDS crisis before anybody knew what it was. It made me cry a lot. And I watched the whole first eight episodes in one day. (laughs) I should be a little bit more open to shows that I feel like after the like election, I got so emotionally exhausted that I just kind of like the last thing I fucking wanted to watch in 2017 was The Handmaid's Tale, you know? Like I just like- Oh God, it was- I watched the first season and I only got through like the- first two episodes of season two because yeah exactly it's just unrelenting brutality and like i so i kind of had this unofficial rule of like when somebody tells me this show is going to make me cry or is like so hard to watch i'm just like no thanks gonna go watch cartoons like i and like i should lift that not hard to watch at all and it usually made me cry out of like you know, people who had been disowned by their family, finding a family of their own and building it together and supporting one another through a really, really difficult situation and period in time and, like, having this escape and fantasy of the balls. Like, it makes you cry for for those kind of reasons more than, like, oh, God, something terrible happens to somebody. And that's actually one of the things that that's great about it is it's one of the few instances of trans stories in any kind of media that aren't about tragedy consistently anyway it's really good and everybody should watch it (laughs) you've generally won me over but also i was just kind of saying like i should also probably start watching things that are a bit more emotionally draining than like riverdale um just (laughs) generally dude riverdale is super emotionally (laughs) draining The whole hot tub episode. Yeah, I come I come out of that ringer like I've been on the jingle jangle every time, Susan. I mean the hot tub episode really I, fucked me up. I wait, this is the season one hot tub episode with like the yes. beginning of Dark Betty? Yes. Fuck Riverdale is so good and stupid. <laughs> but like I, I'm oh, I'm also super psyched for the Kiernan Shipka Sabrina series. Yeah, obviously. That's going to be amazing. Did you read the, the like, New York Magazine had, like, an interview with her about it that, like, it's apparently being, like, super duper explicitly feminist about, like, I don't know, they're doing, like, a second wave, third wave split around Wiccanism versus pure Satanism. Interesting. Which I fucking love. (laughs) Which is also some, like, hardcore Riverdale level crazy, but, like, is is interesting to me. Satanism, like, like... The Church of Satanism or like Satan worship? Like explicitly Satan worship. Like that, 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 like there is apparently the like traditional witch stuff they're trying to have Sabrina get into is like specifically pledging yourself to Satan who is framed as like an abusive masculine relationship holy shit yeah yeah like i scanned that interview but i didn't end up reading it obviously in depth enough all i know is that she's allergic to cats yes 
And there are five cats that play the various cats on the show. And she made a joke about them being like Bobby on Mad Men. (laughs) Because there was like a new Bobby Draper every season on Mad Men. I love that no one on Earth likes doing Bobby Draper jokes more than Kiernan Shipka. I've read like three separate interviews with her where she just does slams on all the Bobby actors. And it's great. (laughs) Those poor kids. I was just like a meat grinder for little boy actors was yeah. that that role. <laughs> what else is good media-wise? Oh, I discovered this comic called Kill Six Billion Demons. It's a web comic, but instead of being like, you know, a panel comic or like a like a strip comic. Okay. Every page is released. Like it's a graphic novel, but it's released page by page. And it's about basically angels attempting genocide of all the demons. And it's really, really good. Like it's incredibly well drawn and mm-hmm. I'm kind of upset that I can't buy a trade paperback of it. <laughs> but you can read it for free online, so that's good. Also, I discovered well, I wouldn't exactly say I discovered this. Someone on Mastodon started talking to us on Mastodon, which you're not on Mastodon, but I am. And Screen Test of Time has an account on Mastodon. And it's another movie podcast where instead of doing what we're doing, which sometimes is the worst idea I've ever had, Mm -hmm. they watch movies that have a 50% rating on Rotten Tomatoes to try to figure out why it's so polarizing. And it's called Stuck in the Middle with You. So there's a plug for them. And they're cool guys who do it. I'm, I'm, let's see, the problem is I'm now looking up everything you're talking about. That's totally fine. Because really we are just killing time to not talk about the lives of a Bengal answer. Actually, at this point, it's probably a good time to mention that, uh, If you want to like and subscribe to our podcast. (laughs) 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 And leave us a positive review. Just because it will make the pain of having to have sat through the lives of a Bengal Lancer less agonizing. You could definitely do that. That would be nice. Oh, relevant content. Apparently they're undoing the popular movie category, or at least aren't doing it for next year's awards. Oh, that's good. I guess because everybody figured out that the whole reason was people were worried that Black Panther was going to win Best Picture. Yeah, I guess. And like, also, it's on Netflix this week. So if you somehow didn't see Black Panther in theaters, then 10 weeks from now, when you hear this, it'll still be on Netflix. Will it? I think so. It usually lasts. It's usually on there for a while once it's on there. Like I, th- I saw it on a plane, so I didn't see it in theaters. It's really good. Tanessi Coates' run on Black Panther is really, really good. He's doing a new run on Captain America that's kind of solidly retconning a thing with Captain America that wasn't very good. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. They made Captain America a Nazi for a while, and then they un-Nazied him, and uh, now he's going around the country figuring out what it was like when Nazis were in charge of everything, which has a weird relevance to today's political landscape of just like... And to and to this episode. Yeah. See, we're, we're totally on topic here. Sure. God, it's so... such a fucking bad movie. I just remembered, like, a scene from it. <laughs> Honestly, here's the thing. You guys, I know this is, I know this is some weird 
friggin' podcasting radio. But do keep in mind, there's brown face in this movie, and I already wanted to burn every copy of it before we even got to that. That's true. That's that's like 35 minutes from the end. Yeah. And you were already vitriolically texting me about how terrible and how racist this piece of shit movie was. Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in that weird Jonah Hill, Emma Stone thing that's coming to Netflix, mostly because... I think it's the same director who did the whole first season of True Detective. And I always thought that, like, that direction was kind of the most, like, they should have, like, had a different writer, but had the same director for the second season of True Detective. Because the direction was the most interesting thing about True Detective. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the first season was, like, it was really lauded for being, like, totally fucked up and weird and whatever. But yeah, that show's success was totally down to Carrie Fukunaga, the director, and Matthew McConaughey and What's-His-Face. Uh, yeah. Um. Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Their chemistry was just totally killer. And the second season was just showed that it, it wasn't so much Nick Pizzolatto that made that first season good. <sighs> Here's the thing. It's like, after watching this movie, I have no energy to, like, slam people in modern Hollywood. Even people who it's like, I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy the writing on the second season of True Detective. And I think it kind of became popular to bash the writing in the second season of True Detective. But it's also like, well, he didn't write the lives of friggin' Bingle Lancer, now did he? <laughs> worked on on the first season of the killing which you know was like it was a pretty okay show yeah i really am feeling generous to like everyone right now i'm thinking about like how badly we trashed one hour with you and i still think that's a terrible fucking movie and that ernst lubitsch is a piece of shit yeah but but wow it was head and shoulders above the lives of a bengal answer i mean this is i think it was like week two or three that i was talking about like we need to leave some room at the bottom and, like, we did not leave enough room at the bottom. We've, like, we've got to go for, like, a <laughs> negative three for this movie. Uh, um, yeah, I guess if zero is out, we've never said negatives were out. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, I, I think there's just, like, this is absolutely the worst movie we've watched. Oh, no question. And so much worse than anything that has held that distinction so far. Right. And so we've been, like, parsing this, like, is this a 1 or a 1.2 or a full 2? Or, like, what are we doing? And it's like, this is just completely blown. Like, we've got to go, like, logarithmic with this shit now. <laughs> Everything is completely out the window. Nothing makes dogs and cats living together. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolute depravity committed to film yeah uh like can i can we go back in time and like both kill baby hitler and stop this movie from being made (laughs) okay is but is this also like one of those divergence points like letting him get into art school where could we kill two birds with one stone and if this movie just didn't get made hitler would have given up you know (laughs) Like, I, I, I know that's a long shot, but keep in mind, I'm talking about this terrible, terrible movie. <sighs> yeah, God, it was so bad. 
I really feel like, uh, you know, the universe or nature or like whatever thing that you want to believe in that has a, an invisible hand, and I'm not talking about the marketplace, tried their damnedest to make this movie not happen by melting all of that footage. And yet... To be honest, also the invisible hand of the marketplace seemed to be against this film. Oh, that's true. Even capitalism was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> Go on. Well, I'm just saying it didn't, it did not seem to make very much money. I cannot find anything about the budget, but when you went and did a bunch of location shooting on in India and then literally set that on fire, I cannot imagine it was cheap. It made 1.5 million in the 30s, and we've seen several movies that cost more than that. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. this has a lot of sets, and, like, nothing seems to be saying how much it cost. I can't believe it has an overall approval rating of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. What the goddamn? The... <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Nope. With an average rating of 8 out of 10. Like, who the fuck reviewed this and was like, yup, good movie. What positive things could you have to say? Let's see. I There's no actual, like, major critic. There's five. Four out of five are white dudes. Not shocked. Yeah. One of them is someone from the Las Vegas Review Journal. We've also got Ozus's World Movie Reviews. EmmanuelLevy.com, the Mountain Express for Asheville, North Carolina, and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Okay, so one of them is saying that this movie catapulting is catapulting Gary Cooper to major stardom. He's been in three Academy Award-nominated movies already. This, this could be safely dropped out of his IMDb page, and I think we'd be fine. Absolutely. What else have we got here? Of course, there's an audience review that's great, which is two stars, another tale of the heroic white guy in the midst of terrifying dark people. Not terribly great without the wooden Gary Cooper, pretty terrible with the block of wood. <laughs> <laughs> Completely solid. John Valentine, super reviewer of Rotten Tomatoes, we salute you for summing up this shitty movie. In two sentences. <laughs> I love that the most positive thing on this page that apparently says this movie has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes is pretty good, but it should have been great. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I don't even know how it could have been great, you know? <laughs> okay, imagine... Okay, imagine this. It's this movie, but it's a completely different cast. Mm -hmm. It's set in space. Nothing about India happens. Nothing about Muslim people happens. Lancers are the name of their mechs, and Gary Cooper's still in it. Does he lose the stupid mustache? Yes, because he has it. It's one of those things where he has it in Act 1, but then like when shit gets real and he has to learn to pilot a giant robot, he has to shave it off. So, essentially, this is sort of Robotech starring Gary Cooper. I was thinking more Gundam, but yes. I mean, either way. Okay, yeah, that works too. As long as it's not Evangelion starring Gary Cooper. No, I think like that's- Now, Evangelion starring Jackie Cooper, <laughs> that I would watch. <laughs> Susan, let's do our 30s fantasy casting for all the great animes. <laughs> Who do you think should play Goku of the movies we've seen so far? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, hmm. Let me look up the movies we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. 
God, who even has hair that good, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Like Clark Gable, maybe? Yeah, Clark Gable could pull off a Goku. Shit, who's the guy from Shanghai Express? Which guy? Uh, the the male lead. Oh, like the, the British doctor guy? Mm-hmm. Clive Brook. I think, I think Clive Brook... Nah, I don't know if he could be a Goku. No, he can't quite do a Goku. I mean, the problem is there's, like, no Japanese people in any of the movies we've seen so far. Oh, you know what? I'm just... We're barking up the wrong tree because it's Marlena Dietrich. As Goku? Yeah. I feel like she could power up. Like, she could do the power-up pose. Not enough people can do the power-up pose, and I feel like Marlena Dietrich... Yeah, you know, she actually could totally do the power-up pose. But, again, no one in any of the movies we've watched so far is Japanese. This is extremely fair. And, I guess, none of the movies we've watched have had any Japanese people at all. Yeah, no. Not even white people playing Japanese people. We've only gone to China when we've gone to that part of the world. You know... Man, this movie, Lives of a Bengal Lancer, mm-hmm. was like everything shitty about Shanghai Express. With no none of the redeeming qualities. With literally none of the redeeming qualities. It was like everything shitty about Shanghai Express, everything shitty about Here Comes the Navy. It was like... Yeah, the, what I was thinking when I was like saying we should just dismiss this movie entirely is literally every criticism we have applied to any movie applies to this film. Like, I cannot think of a thing we've said about this movie is shit because X that does not apply to Lives of a Bingle Lancer. Oh man, did you just hear that thunder? Was that on your end? Is that actual thunder? It's been so long since it rained here, Susan. I keep waiting for it to rain because we have this dumpster for trash outside of our building. Mm -hmm. And that means there's just tons of flies because it's just it hasn't rained in four months. Yeah, but apparently uh, sunset every day looks like hell. So that's that's what I understand from other people who live out there. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Yeah, there was actually like lightning that was so close it. I thought that somehow the cats had like turned on the kitchen light behind me, but they didn't. It was just, it was just lightning. Apparently, again, God does not even want us to talk about this movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I promise we're only going to do this once a year of the podcast. Once out of every decade, I feel like there's going to be a movie that breaks us. <laughs> and like, I, that, that was this time. Yep. We sat through a lot of movies. We've hated a lot of movies, but there's always been so- something worth discussing about them. Nothing worth discussing about this movie. I would like to say that we're six episodes from wrapping up the first year of this project, and this is the first time a movie broke us. I think that's a pretty good ratio, that like we're going to watch 50 movies a year, and out of those 50s, one time... The Academy isn't just going to be wrong. They're going to be so egregiously wrong, my brain fails to process it. And that's what happened here. I think uh, I think we're just going to, as far as scoring this movie, it, it's... Who cares? I'm sticking to negative three. Negative three works. And like, again, don't watch this movie... Maybe go back in time and keep this movie from ever being made. Don't even think about this movie. You know what? I bet that the reason that this footage was destroyed is someone tried to go back in time 
and stop this movie from happening. But the unforeseen consequence was that four years later, they made it anyway. The friggin' butterfly effect. But also, I do want to say we have the best fans. I want to thank you guys so much for going back to 1931 and trying to destroy this this film. It's really incredible of you guys. It's going above and beyond. Or girls or non-binary people, whoever it was, Mm -hmm. you are a hero. Also, if by going back to 1931 and destroying this movie, you ended up accidentally making World War II happen, this is why you don't meddle in the timeline, but also this movie was worth the shot. It was not worth World War II happening, but the movie was so bad that it was worth risking unforeseen consequences. Sometimes you gotta roll the hard six and you fail. And like, I, I, I'm not saying that it was worth it. I am saying I forgive you. Right. That's fair. So next week, what are we watching? The Ruggles of Red Gap cannot possibly be worse than this movie, right? Well, the next movie is David Copperfield. Wait, is it? Mm -hmm. Shit, I thought I rearranged the tabs. It is David Copperfield, starring Jackie Cooper. Okay, now that, that gives me some hope. I've got to say the runtime being 129 or 133 minutes. Like, I, I understand that means there's two editions, But it does make it seem like, God, who even knows? (laughs) Who can even say how long this film is? Which is how I felt at the ends of the lives of a Bengal Lancer. Yeah, that's that's true. You know, we've watched a Jackie Cooper movie before that was cursed. So, like, maybe the reason for the discrepancy in time is that this, too, is cursed. Wait, what was our previous cursed? Sorry, I just remembered the lives of a Bengal Lancer and took a real long yawn. What was our previous cursed Jackie Cooper movie? Skippy. Oh, God, I'd forgotten Skippy. Maybe actually the lives of a Bengal Lancer is just... Yeah, is is the death curse from Skippy coming back to haunt us? Maybe we're dead and this is hell. Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought that a few times watching that movie. It just took a while. Yeah. So next week is going to be some Dickensian fun starring Jackie Cooper and some other people. Lionel Barrymore and... I'm trying to think of anybody else. We've seen Maureen O'Sullivan in some stuff before. Wait, is it starring Jackie Cooper? No, he was supposed to be in it. Oh, shit. Well, now we're just doomed. But no, it's Freddie Bartholomew, who I don't know anything about, but I'm going to learn something about next week if we make it that far. Yep. You know, if I could, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind... (laughs) Lives of a Bengal Lancer for my mind, but risked losing other memories. That is also a crit six that I would roll. No hesitation. In a heartbeat. Yeah, no, yeah. I absolutely would do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the version of it where I even hesitate. And I feel like it's, I feel like it's, they're like, and it would be really vital memories. Like you would forget your own wife. If, like, if it was just, like, you will lose one random memory, it's, like, you know what it is? It's, like, that button of, like, if you press this button, you get a million dollars, but one random person on Earth will die. If you did that, but erased my memory of Lives of a Bengal Lancer, I would fucking no whammy, no whammy stop that button so hard. Oh, man. This is, like, a Black Mirror episode. (laughs) This is... What is Lives of a Bengal Lancer but the original Black Mirror episode? (laughs) What if colonialism but too much? 
Which is saying a lot, because colonialism, <laughs> already too much. Right, except in Lives of a Bengal Lancer, it's undoubtedly good. Oh, God, I hate this movie. Such, oh, God, I'm, I feel like I'm, everyone, I'm so sorry, but I want you to know this is so much better than the episode we would have had actually following format. That it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's true. I can't in any way disagree with that statement. I'm sorry about our extended fantasy casting of Goku, but also <laughs> it was better than the third act of this movie. You know there's going to be some of our listeners who are like the type of people who automatically click on anything that says cursed image who are going to go and seek this movie out just to be like, can it possibly be as bad as they say? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It is. And then some. I thought you were going to say we were going to get our first one-star review because somebody was going to get really offended at our fantasy casting of Goku. <laughs> Which is also a real possibility. I thought you were going to say because they really loved this movie. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that we don't have a bunch of alt-right listeners or we already would have a one-star review. Oh yeah, no. I don't, I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast will enjoy this movie. I know one other person who might have to watch this movie in their life. Who? And why? Josie apparently is watching a ton of 1930s movies to write up caption reviews of them. And may have to watch this film. And I'm sorry. Oh, God. I'm sorry to everyone who ever has or ever will watch this film. And particularly Josie, because, you know, we like her and we don't want her to go through that. Yeah. You know, actually, Josie, if you have to write a review for this movie... Just do it this way. Just write something else entirely. Yeah. Or, like, we would be willing to give you a Cliff's Notes version if if we knew it would avoid having someone watch this film. That's the one way that I will actually do a recap of this film. I'll do a solid three-minute recap just so that someone else doesn't have to watch Lives of a Bengal Lancer. I think that's fair. I think that's, like, you know... Paying it forward. This film won Best Assistant <laughs> Director, and I'm so angry. Did they stop, like, having that category after this? No. But soon! The most entertaining thing in this film is the backup stock footage of boars that I assume is what the Best Assistant Director did. But, like, don't reward anyone involved <laughs> in the making of this film. I will say, at the very least, the Academy... Did not choose it for second or third either. Oh, thank God. But they did nominate it, which is a problem. God, here's the other thing is apparently it had nothing to do with the plot of the book, The Lives of a Bengal Lancer, besides the title, which is like, it's even worse than a book with that title. It's like, whatever that plot was, it wasn't Nazis wouldn't like that enough. Well, I mean, the guy who wrote the book, though, was apparently, he was an English guy who wrote newspaper articles praising Franco and Hitler. Okay. So... Fuck that guy, too. So just, so, again, no redeeming value to this movie whatsoever. Nothing at all worthy of even a vaguely complimentary word. Nope, not one. Uh, so join us next week when we watch David Copperfield, where we can at least say the author of the book that it is based on was not a total garbage human. If we can say nothing else good about it. Also, I promise, no matter how bad David Copperfield is, we will talk about it as a film. I promise <laughs> that to you listeners. 
Lionel Barrymore is in it, there will at least be one good thing I can say about this movie. Yeah. Anyway, until then, burn every copy of this film. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye.